0: Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the creepiest neighbour around, Jason. Satan is our pal. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Moving on. Uh, Welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or
1: sometime later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a film that celebrated its 30th anniversary in February this year. A film that taught us that being a nosy neighbour has its ups and downs. So stop watering your, your lawn for a minute, grab a torch and rifle if you've got one and rewind with us to the year 1989. We have to go back! Go back, Stan! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? It was 1989, the end of the decade, the end of the 80s was just beginning. Tom Hanks had become the lovable man of the 80s with roles in movies such as Splash, Bachelor Party, The Money Pit, Dragnet and Big. His next role puts him alongside Princess Leia, the prison guard from Spaceballs and Mouth from The Goonies. We are talking about The Burbs. That's right. Now, directed
0: by Joe Dante, The Burbs pokes fun at suburban environments and they're sometimes eccentric dwellers. Uh, Be warned that if you haven't seen The Burbs yet, uh, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to this episode, because we're going to be talking spoilers.
1: Settling in for some time off in his suburban home, Ray Peterson's, that's uh, Tom Hanks, vacation becomes a horror when the Clopex, a suspiciously odd family, move in down the block. Enlisting the aid of his paranoid buddy, Art, played by Rick Dookerman, and his militiaman neighbor, (laughs) Romsfield, played by Bruce Dern, Ray sends his son and wife, Carrie Fisher, away on a trip while he investigates the Clopex. When a neighbor disappears, Ray and his cohorts risk their lives to save their cul-de-sac from the clutches of evil. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yes! That's how it is. That's exactly how it is. Tell me, have you watched The Burbs? Well, I have to have,
0: Jason, so I can review this that, movie. That valid yes. <laughs> but I will say that I hadn't watched
1: it before this, <laughs> and I did watch it approximately 24 hours ago. I was excited to get you to watch this one because I was like, this could go either way. You could hell hate this movie. You could hell love it, or you could sit it comfortably in between. Yeah. And that's why we're here, and that's to what, give a review. That's what we're going to talk it's about today. Mystery. I have to admit...
0: I thought the burbs, knowing nothing about it, I knew we had Tom Hanks in it. That was it. But I thought it was just a, it was a comedy. I didn't realise, and it started very strongly. You know, um, I didn't realise it was a black comedy slash horror yeah. kind of theme. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, so I watched it with the wife, and I was pleasantly surprised and I'm happy to talk about it <laughs>
1: when did you watch this um the of course for this for this review snuck in a snuck in a viewing um but that would have been my second time the first time mm. I watched it, I was a late coming to this one now you know I'm a big uh Tom Hanks fan yes I find it difficult to find a Tom Hanks movie that I don't like oh um But yeah, this one, just for the longest time, slipped under my radar for just, you know, movies in general, and especially 80s comedies and stuff like that. Um, It was probably uh, maybe four or so years ago I watched it for the first time. Right. So not not that far back. Okay. And, I mean, I might be showing my hands a little bit here, but, you know, add it to the list of Tom Hanks movies that... Work, you know, like yep. he, Tom Hanks, just cannot make a bad movie. He's a legend. He can make average movies, but not bad ones. <laughs> there you go. So, is this an average movie? Is this a good one? Oh, we're gonna oh, we're gonna talk about it. Yes, let's,
0: let's talk about the film's legacy. Um So, from a budget box office kind of point of view, it cost eighteen million dollars to film this, and it made forty nine point one million dollars. Hey, modest. Um, yeah, it's hard at be, best
1: to go back. To those days. Now we're like we're talking million, 600 six hundred billion dollar movies every, every weekend. Movies. Correct. I think this is still a good, you like you said, a modest return for yeah. for the budget that it was on. Um, made made completely in in the backlot studio of Universal of Universal. Yeah. Like it's you know it's all there. It's contained. Yeah. So I'd say you know box office success ish. It received mixed-to-average reviews from critics. At the moment, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 53%. That's an average of 5.98, I believe, out of 10. I didn't just right. make that up. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's right there in front oh, of me. Oh, it is. I'm just yeah. struggling to read. Well done. Um, Metacritic has it at 44 out of 100. That's yeah. off 19 reviews. Um, but basically, the consensus is The Burbs has an uh, engaging premise, likeable cast, and Joe Dante at the helm. So the mixed-up genre exercise they produce can't help but feel like a disappointment. So I guess ah. people, or critics at the time, were expecting more from, I guess, he, I mean, they're right, they're, they're yeah. a fantastic cast, the director was already bringing us such amazing things, and he was doing, he did things like Piranha, and... Yeah, he would later do to, um, Toy Soldiers. Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers, Toy, toy Soldiers, soldiers. Yeah, Small Soldiers. Oh, something different. Toy Soldiers is very yeah. different. Yeah, think if you the howling, like, he was doing horrors, and it was yeah. sort of like Gremlins, Gremlins 1 and 2, yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing a Gremlins shirt. wasn't an accident. Um. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he was sort of like that horror guy. And then he started breaking into those oddball kind of comedies like this. I'm glad he did because I um, I actually like his
0: style. And I can't remember if we spoke about this with small soldiers, but... Well, because remember we were discussed in that one where yeah. it felt like it was a darker movie than, and then the studio stepped in and kind of made it a bit more family yeah. orientated but it is like that mixed mass of, of different, of, different of genres, genres. Yeah. and I like that and and, and here like I said of watching it for the first time yesterday I I felt that was refreshing, a nice little take on That's a few things. It. Yeah, I like that. Uh,
1: but it's interesting because many who worked on the film claimed that it received the worst reviews of any film released in 1989. Mm. And they're probably exaggerating. They worked on the project; they were involved in some way, whether it be the actors, or yeah. you know, producers, cam- uh, crew, and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're you know they they're probably just going a bit too personal, and being like oh, I got slammed. It was the worst of the year. Blah blah blah. Dude. Exaggeration, I think. Um... But, you know, like we said, it was a box office success to an extent, Um, and now it's actually considered a a cult classic. To some. To some! Not to everybody. Well, to those in the cult. To those involved in the... Put it this way. I'd watch it again. That's it. Not for probably another 10 years, but I'll watch it again. There are heaps of movies considered cult classics that I've never delved into, and and then when I do, I usually, it's sort of like, oh, I see, why? (laughs) Like... Why it has
0: that following and interesting? A uh, little bit of trivia. Um, so yeah, the crew said that it was one of the poor, most poorly rated films. But they, Tom Hanks enjoyed it so much, and everybody had such a good time that he ended up by buying everybody sunglasses. Yeah, all the cast and crew. Yeah. yeah, so they obviously had a ball putting it together, which is fantastic.
1: I think it's funny because we, all, with the with the glasses. I believe it was Wendy Scholl, who plays Bonnie Romsfield. Yeah. When he gave her her sunglasses gift, he wrote a note, and it just said something along the lines of, I'm still not really sure what you were doing, but it was great working with you or something. (laughs) I don't know if that's a a reflection on her acting, her performance. She was
0: trying to keep a low profile the whole movie, really. Yeah, Other than...
1: Maybe her comedy hit beats weren't really in line with, with Hanks, but I, I don't know. Uh, but when you're playing opposite
0: Carrie, because she it was virtually is playing opposite Carrie. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a definitely a gender oh, divide. And they're definitely different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: let's talk about characters. Let's go through the houses. So it is a cul-de-sac. First one, we got got um, house number 671. That's got the Peterson family. So that's Tom Hanks um, and his wife, Carol Peterson, who is played
1: by Carrie Fisher. And they've got a son And they've got a well. son too, but... Cool, Who, whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, didn't even <laughs> write his name down. Yeah. I don't care. Well, that's fine. He didn't move like five minutes. That's cool. Whatever. But it's interesting, though, Tom Hanks was hesitant to, to play a, a father role. So I believe this was the first time is that right? he'd done that. So I think the fear was he didn't want to eventually be typecast as you know that kind of the comedy dad or something like that.
0: You know? Funny when then he turns around to actually be Mr. Rogers later on next year.
1: <laughs> Isn't he watching? Yes, I was wondering he's, if you were going to he's notice watching... that.
0: So when he's all shell shocked after his nightmare, yeah, he's laying on the bed and he's watching Mr. <laughs> yes, and I thought I wrote that down and, and gave the old wife a nudge. Yeah, and just said, "Yeah, this is funny."
1: And I now heard. Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers in was it "Welcome to the Neighborhood" or yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Is that coming out this year or? It's twenty twenty, I think. I'm not sure. I oh, don't know. It's probably out somewhere in America now. Yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably out now. Yeah. Oh well, whatever. But you know what? Yeah, I mentioned how much I love Tom Hanks, um, and he is—he's just bringing everything that he brought to you know the, the his comedy roles in in the 80s, you know? Like, mm. that super likable guy, even though his character in this movie is, like, borderline crazy, you know? Like, we're getting, like, rear-window kind of vibes. Well, it, it where gets, gets, is he crazy? Yeah. Is, are the neighbours crazy? Well, he shows on? his
0: hand at the end when he's a he's basically abusing art <laughs> for being so suspicious of everybody, and he, like, loses his mind. But again,
1: he did just get blown up, so, so there. But then he's also lashing out at the fact that he feels like his other neighbours prompted him, like, pushed him to that point where put everything in his head. And I still don't know... I have this theory that, like, Mm. is he actually just taking time off work or... I thought something went wrong. Yeah, I feel like maybe he got fired. And this isn't disclosed in the movie at all, but maybe he got fired. And, like, he doesn't want to tell Carol. So he's saying, you know, like... I need time or whatever, and he's just not ready to tell. Maybe, I don't know. That's just a the theory I've always oh, had to... Oh,
0: you're, you're definitely oh, you're I just, looking into the... Oh, I don't know. I just... Interesting, interesting. No, okay, I didn't look take it like that. I took it that he was taking some sick leave or some personal leave. Yeah, just like stress leave. So it wasn't a holiday. It was a, um, yeah, I need to take a step back. But do you know what I like about all the... Because he's constantly
1: arguing with his wife, like constantly <laughs> fighting with her. Do you know what I like about the guys, all the adult men in this movie... Um children <laughs> they're essentially like you could make this this story is about twelve year old boys mm. essentially, like, and how they would react yeah if if they had their own houses and you know yeah. you know new kids on the block, and they're a bit strange, and they're just like, yeah. oh, they're up to no good, there's this mystery, <laughs> but like they're so immature about it, but you know, I love it. it's not like, oh wow, they're shit characters because they're kids, essentially yeah. it's like it actually just makes them all more enjoyable. They're all yeah. over-the-top, like, caricatures of... Yeah. Yeah, just either either they're bit immature, they're overly paranoid, yeah. they've got like a... <laughs> they really like their toys. Yeah. You know, guns and stuff guns like and that. Guns and stuff, yeah, they, right, yeah. You know, they won't just go and knock on a door and say, hey, what's up? Shake oh, yeah, someone's yeah. hand like an adult. Yeah. It has to be this whole ordeal, but I mean, I love it. It's yeah. a bonkers premise with these... Yeah. These just... Silly characters, but they're all charming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you reckon about Carrie? Now, she's the nagging wife that, you know... Except it, Carrie Fisher cannot be nagging. Exactly, like, but, you know... He I mean, is an unappreciative husband. It's nagging coming from a from a place of love, because she yeah. doesn't want to see him be lazy. Yeah. She wants him... She obviously knows he's going through whatever he's going through. Yeah. And, She's He's, like, go fix the barbecue. Yeah. Keep, keep busy, busy. Do something. Yeah. Let's go down the lake. Or let's go, go down, do down to the lake and yeah. relax. And like a 12-year-old boy, he says, no, I just want to stay at home and be lazy. Yeah, yeah, I just want to stay in my pyjamas. Uh, shut up, Tom Hanks. Although um, although she's naggy and stuff like that, it's like, you know what? Yeah, she's a, pleasant, uh, she's a pleasant presence. Yeah. Have on screen. Like.
0: I think she's great. Tell you what, though. This movie definitely reinforces like the gender dynamic like from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, which was the norm, it's just the way it was. But, like, at some point, Tom Hanks says, Oh, look, I'm just gonna have a chat to the guys, it's only gonna take a second. Can you go? It's yeah. <laughs> like, okay, and the wives go away. Yeah, no, I think, let's go get um, some drinks or something, it's yeah. just, just how it is. But, uh, I really like Carrie because she it, virtually she's just kind of sitting in the background for a, for much of this, but still has a presence,
1: yeah, do, do you know what I mean? like a it's strong, very much involved, but, like, yeah. So, as a, as a housewife, as a mother, um. She's still, you know, she's still got a presence mm. and, a, and a, a foot in the door within their, their family, their yeah. dynamics, their she marriage. Gets her, yeah. She gets um, a haircut. She just happens to not the same. have work. <laughs> yeah, zero work, but that's, what,
0: that's just how yeah. it was. And, you know, 80s Carrie Fisher was pretty nice on the eyes as well. No, oh, so, that's it. Cannot yeah.
1: go wrong with that. That's Although, right. Although, yeah, we'll take the hair buns any day. Oh, well, you, will, if you like. That's, it's an iconic character. You can't go past the fact that she's like. I know she did more. She oh, definitely yeah. did more stuff, and we should honour that. But I think she was in Blues Brothers. Like holy shit! Like, <laughs> did you know that? No, I mean, can you remember that movie? I do, but obviously I don't remember. So she's her, the either. crazy ex-wife who him <laughs> <runs them> down. <laughs> yeah. I remember her being in um, Austin Powers, and she's like the. Like the counsel, the therapist, group sessions, yeah. host thing. And I know she's done other things well, in she roles, but. So much. It's just movies I just never kind of got to. Let's move on to yeah. the next house. We've got uh, 670. Yeah, um, so next door. The Rumsfield.
0: Yeah. So uh, Lieutenant Mark Rumsfield, plays by Blue, Bruce Dern, if I could ever say his bloody name. Um, He's a Vietnam vet. I'm imagining.
1: Because uh,
0: he was talking about... That would be about the time frame, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would work. And he was talking
1: about when he was over in Southeast Asia or something. But he still thinks he's there. He's got that militia background he's bringing in and he, everything's an operation. A, you know? Although he's a bit of a pansy in a way.
0: Like, he's he's a chicken. He doesn't want to go up and ring the doorbell himself either. I mean, I know that's art and him, but later on
1: when they're on the doorstep, like he rings the bell and runs off. Like It's almost as if the character is portraying the fact that, you know he was in mm. Vietnam and he went through all this stuff, but at the same time, it's like, maybe he did it. And he's just, he's read a lot and he's into a yeah. lot of stuff and he's all just show. But that, it again, reinforces that sort of like, are these all just children? Like, <laughs> you know, they're just... They're pretending yeah, to be a Vietnam Yeah, you know, they're trying to be cool. Yeah. Like they're trying to have, they've got their own identity. Yeah. They're pretty weird. But we've got his wife as well. Um. Uh, Wendy Shoal, who I mentioned before, Bonnie. Um yeah. and she's uh, you know, she's kind on the eyes in this movie. I will not lie. What I found interesting when I looked mm. her up, because I do that, I'm a creepy kid. Um, <laughs> what her most notable role is the voice of. Uh, I'm slipping the name, but the wife in American Dad. Oh, she's okay. the voice I actor. I haven't seen it, so okay, I
0: don't thinking. see anything, mate. I, I'm fair, a co-host on a movie uh, podcast, uh, and I don't uh, actually fair watch enough. The news. Well, yeah. you know,
1: that's it. You know, it's all good. But.
0: Cool. I know, that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Dad Dad's the thing with an
1: alien in it, right? The it, cartoon? Uh, yeah, they have an alien that live with them. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not really into it, but it's just the yeah. biggest... I'm like, oh, hey, that's quite a big role. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like a different studio or network's answer. It's a family guy, I'm assuming. But, yeah.
1: yeah, it's a night family. Yeah, it's from Seth MacFarlane.
0: Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, Wendy Shaw, I guess. Shull. So, yeah, you said she's, she's easy on the eyes, but there's a point to that as well. Um, she's pretty much a trophy wife.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's Bruce
0: Stone's trophy wife. Like that's how she acts. That's how she she pretty much conducts herself. Um, and like I said, we're just reinforcing that gender thing from back in the day. Like, that's that's who she is. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that doesn't exist now. Like, it does. You're absolutely correct. But it was very. It's very evident when you're watching this. Um, but yeah. So she's yeah. She's literally played for the sex appeal, I, I guess. But and but the, and the like submissiveness. The submissiveness. Yeah.
1: yeah. I just like you know you have the the. The teenage neighbor who also mm. you know, throws a few flirts to, in her direction, compliments and stuff yeah. like that. No tan lines whereas, today. Yeah, and whereas and look, Bruce Dern's right there and doesn't seem to give two craps. Yeah, because so he's it. like he trusts her. He's yeah. good. but I like how he mentioned before. You know, like as the two as the two present wives that we see yeah. in this movie, Wendy Sholl and um, Carrie Fisher, they're very different. Mm. But I guess just the fact them being the wives. Yeah. You know, like, you see them together. You see them conversing. Yeah. You, they kind of get on and they yeah. kind of know their roles. Mm. and Not in a negative way, just like, you know. Do you know what, I, really, their parts. You know what I noticed about them as well is they're
0: kind of, you know, a product of the day. They're treated slightly lower. <laughs> um, but they're the ones with the balls to go actually next door with brownies yeah. and lead the men who are being children. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they're the other ones are like, yeah, that would take on that responsibility. That's what's good. I mean, if we're looking at it, you know, um, retrospectively, like today, and it's like, you know, on one hand, you know, it's take with one and then give with the other. It's they do. It's it's a product of the time where you know you have your wives be just the wives, but then they're also like, you know, these guys are kids; they're children. And it takes the women to come in and go. Just go stop, snap man, out like, of it. Yeah. Sort yourselves out. We're going over Stop right like being dickheads and yeah. let's go. Which is a, 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 a sign a, just, of
0: sign of their strength, which I actually really like that um, because it really did show the men for who they what really were being. So
1: no one can complain.
0: Correct. Yeah. All right. All right let's move on to the next door, uh, the house next door to that, I believe, um, six seventy three. Who's? Uh, it's art. Art, can you pronounce his name? Wayne Gartner. I think Wayne you know. Gartner. Wayne Gartner will do. It's played by uh, Rick Ducomen. So we don't we don't see his wife, right? Just like we don't see um, Ricky's family. Pa- parents yeah, or but, whatever. Yeah. So we have to... Oh, no, we do see her at the end because they say she, she's she got pink bags and they turn around and say, your wife's home. And he's like, my wife's home. Oh, I thought that was just referring to some like, off-screen. No, no, you see her on the front door with... Big, giant, pink shopping bags. Oh, and she's just like, what the And the, the house is on fire with an ambulance. Oh.
1: Yeah. So you do see her, whoever she is. Oh, I completely miss that. So that's, that's good. I'm glad I'm not being quizzed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the fact is that she's not there, so it's just him. Yeah. So it's sort of like when your mum goes to the shops or goes on holiday for a bit, you know, you get your house to yourself. Oh, man, you're going to get up to no good, which is funny because you actually have a character who's essentially getting up to no good. But Correct. Um, you know, art is in the same same position where he can just, hmm. you know, he's, he's, a, he's a free spirit for a bit. So, yeah. he, you know, he's getting involved in like, he's egging everyone on. He's egging Ray on, like, well, oh, you know, like, yeah. these people are crazy. He's he's the paranoid one. He's, yeah. he's like, they could be this, they could be that, you know, like, they...
0: Can I, can I say, he is the most annoying character out of him. Oh, absolutely. And it's intentional. I get it, but... I hate him, like when he, comes in, <laughs> I hate when he when he when he comes in, like when he's in... So it's like a genuine dislike, for a this? genuine dislike wow, for him. Right, yeah. um, like he just takes everybody for granted. Yeah, kind of like when when he when you introduced him to him, he's walking through someone else's yard. Yeah, past the broken barbecue mm. that actually they actually show a broken barbecue, even though nothing comes out of that. <laughs> but past the broken barbecue with a freaking rifle, trying to shoot a crow in someone else's backyard, you're like. I hate you immediately. And then the very next thing is he sits
1: down at the table and starts eating all their food. Yeah, he's eating their bacon or whatever else they're having. Like yeah, It he's... goes into the fridge, pulls out the bloody pineapples and and whatever else it was. But I guess in the defence of his character and of the movie, it's the intention is... For him to be annoying. Yeah, definitely. Because he's doing those things. what well, I understand. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so it's yeah, well done. Good good it's, on your well done. Great portrayal. It, you nailed, it. It. You nailed you got it. it so much that like, I never want to see well this done. character again, ever, <laughs> in
0: my whole life. Alright, let's let's move on. Oh well actually, do you have anything else to say about him?
1: Um yeah. no, that's that's pretty much his role. Like he's He's super suspicious. Yeah, and he's He's the catalyst for uh for um, for Ray to lose his mind a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's just another addition to the whole thing where it's like, you know, we're supposed to think these people are crazy, but yeah. maybe, maybe we're the crazy ones. So he's just another addition to that whole yeah. mob there. Absolutely. Uh, who we got next? 667. We've got Walter Seisnick, Gail Gordon. So he's a, he's a plot device, this guy. So yeah. He essentially disappears. Yeah. Shortly after the movie begins and the whole the whole plot is about where has he gone? Correct.
0: Has he been murdered?
1: Has he been murdered? Has he been put into a garbage bag and beaten at the end of the, of the driveway? Yeah. <laughs> I've or never seen that before. Furnace. never seen that before. I've never seen someone drive to the bottom of the driveway and beat their garbage. I've never seen that before. Love that line.
0: <laughs> and it's done with, like, pure concern. Just pure... Yeah, um, confusion.
1: Tom Hanks. These guys are so good. But anyway, we're not talking about Tom Hanks. We're talking we're not.
0: about Gail Gordon. Um, so, Walter... He's got a dog that likes to shit on the lieutenant's lawn.
1: Yeah. He helps, and he does it intentionally. <laughs> he doesn't have a wife. I guess, I guess Walter is playing that... I mean, his character is sort of like that old guy who lives down there. He seems pretty well off, you know, yeah. like he's got a good lawn himself. I think They all have good lawns except for the, the new family. But yeah. he's playing just your typical sort of old guy. Yeah, he's got a dog. We kind of, I guess, we don't really like him. He's not in the club, yeah. but... He's one of us, so if something happens to him, we're got to it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Neighborhood patrol.
0: One morning we hate him, the next minute, no, nah, we, we need to find out what happened <laughs> to him. Um, cool. And that's, I mean, that's, that's in his success. Yeah. Does he even have a speaking line?
1: I mean, yeah. Does he? I don't know. At <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> the beginning somewhere.
0: Next house, 672. This is uh, Ricky Butler. who's played by Corey Feldman. One of my favourite characters. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. Corey. <laughs> Corey. So, um, but you say he's... Is perpetually I mean,
1: painting his house. Yeah, he's not really doing or contributing to anything in the movie plot-wise. No, just he's, he. I mean, he brings his friends over. He, yeah. he tells his girlfriend, like, you know, I'd rather... I mean, he's like the first one to discover the potential of reality TV before it was a thing. Yeah. He says, we don't need to go to the movies. Watch we don't this. need to watch TV. Yeah. Watch this. Watch my neighbourhood. It's real. Well, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, what I... What, yeah, definitely. And what
0: I think he is, he's a proxy for the audience. Because <laughs> yeah. he's virtually... Because, I mean, we're on this this journey watching these crazy it's, people it's unfold. It's his commentary it's, that's yeah. saying
1: this so street is, is bonkers yeah. and I love this street. Like, yeah. I love my neighbourhood. Yeah. Like, this is nuts, but go with it. And his confidence
0: that shit's going down, is it just alludes to the fact that this is very normal for their... Like, he he... He's expecting all right. this stuff to happen. So In he, fact, he says his friends are leaving it, at, at the climax of the movie, and he's like, "Don't go anywhere. I have got the pizza. Stay. Yeah, the pizza it's getting coming. good. It's yeah. coming. It's coming." <laughs> right? Like he's, he's like, "We're. It's only getting good now. Watch this." And then, it. and you then, you then know, it gets crazy. And his friends are like,
1: "Man, he really knows how to throw a <laughs> party, like, he,
0: <laughs> And but and he, it's like he's pre- he's got some kind of premonition or some kind of like psychic ability. it Kind to of predict shows
1: all. all. I mean, it, it emulates the fact that. Stuff like this has happened before. (laughs) Like these antics, these Which we're watching it going, surely this is is the the first time these characters have got together and caused trouble. Like but no, there was there are stories before. Yeah. Like this street has
0: has has history to tell. Absolutely. All right, let's let's move away. Oh, by the way, have you noticed that he's painting his poles two different colours?
1: No, but he feels the light paint on
0: the stereo, and then he's got, like, one of them's blue and one of them's red. It's as
1: if he's... Yeah, it's weird. I want to know what, what happens. I need a fucking like, epilogue or, like, a follow-up where his parents come home and just like, what have you done? Yeah, it's like, he's, he obviously what? doesn't own the house
0: himself. And I like it how he... um Who is it? I think it's the lieutenant turns around, like, when he's surveilling, he's sitting on top of the roof, and Corey's screaming out from the... Um, Ricky's calling out, sorry, from the balcony... Just about, you know, what's going on or something. Hmm. He goes, go back to paint your bloody house or something. <laughs> <laughs> the job that never Doesn't he end go, like, like, like,
1: get off my lawn? And then he takes, like you know, um, Ricky, like, yells back, like, oh, you know, like, I want an old man thing to say, like, oh, I'm getting off my lawn. So, so, something like that. Or like, his mate says it, or something, yeah. Yeah, they just take the mickey. We should talk about, I guess, 669. Six, the, six, or six six nine the clop six six no yeah six 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 <laughs> when the when the when they knock and the the, <laughs> si- the ninth, yeah flips it becomes six 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 yeah haha <laughs> <laughs> this movie's goofy <laughs> <laughs> but we've got the clopact family they're they're mysterious they're making loud noises yeah. they're driving down the driveway with their headlights off and then putting garbage in the in the in their trash cans and then beating it yeah. to death they've got some kind of mutant nephew. <laughs> <laughs> he has got he's got like um, an Einstein like a, an, an eagle yeah, type definitely. presence to him where it's like that creepy assistant. Yeah, that's right. Um who is So Hans, Hans Klopech Courtney yeah. Gaines. I mean, he doesn't say he much. He doesn't say He doesn't.
0: He's super suburb, sub sub um, subservient inside as well. Like he is kind of like butler or a slave or something
1: like that yeah I guess maybe just because he's the younger one yeah. and you know because the other two are you know they're older guys compared to Hans I think anyway Uncle Ruben Klopek is seems much older he's the yeah. more creepier one and get this for his name Brother Theodore yeah I saw that I credits. don't know if that's his name is his first name Brother was Let's he just, at some point just like just call me Brother yeah you
0: know, this was before uh, Gwyneth Paltrow named her kid Apple that's <laughs> So. What were they thinking? Oh, it doesn't matter anyway. So, brother <laughs> Theodore, um, what a cool name!
1: Unless he's like in a religious figurehead. Maybe yeah, that's just yeah, it's could like, just be his stage name, like his uh, actor yeah, yeah. name. But Absolutely. I didn't go to the effort of looking it up, so I'm going to consider it to be an interesting yeah. thing to his person. And he
0: he growls. He's like the scary one. Yeah. And what is it? Um, I think he. Uh, I think it's the lieutenant. Turns around and he goes. You're at a, you're at a nine on the on the rage scale or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just kind of indicating, turn it down a bit, buddy. Yeah, it's thing. like you're just you're too much. Like yeah. you're, just, you're too much <laughs> on the angry scale.
1: When we first meet these two, you know, like it's that awkward. They're in the living room. You know, like they're offering them, mm-hmm. I guess, like some snacks, which is yeah,
0: like pretzels like, and sardines. Yeah, or something like, gross. Yeah, and you know, Tom Hanks has his. In most- fact, when you hear
1: Tom Hanks bite into that. It's so, all about oh, yeah, and it's everything's escalated there, where it's like every crunch, every
0: yeah, and, and, and Car- Carrie Fisher's like, like he looks at her and she like, should can should I or like can I not? And she's and like, she's like, you have to, no, you do it, you do it. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, anyway, um, out of, out of the Clopecks, uh, we got um, Henry Gibson plays Doctor Werner Werner Clopeck, um, who is kind of the figurehead of their house you meet him last and it turns out he's doing
1: experiments that's really what the, yeah so it's it's interesting with him because it's like at the on one hand he's he's the one that breaks all that awkwardness and that tension and it kind of makes it less scary when he walks in the room because it's like okay he's normal you know he's talking he's mm. speaking he kind of knows social conventions where like you know mm. how to actually talk and speak to your guests but yeah. at the same time he's the most terrifying out of them all because like, he he's just he crazy he crazy and his hair is so like flat can i just say <laughs> by the way they the rest of the neighborhood they just kind of let themselves into that house oh i mean yeah it's very much an intrusion this whole movie is it raises that question once yeah. again you know it's like who really are the villains? Who are the suspicious, yeah. crazy ones? Is it is it that new family that just want to keep to themselves? Or... Yeah. Who don't know how to maintain are them all? These nosy people who will break in and yeah. damage property and dig up basements and backyards there and spy and yeah. know, go through their trash. Mm. Um, so it, it turns out, yeah, so they're in this decrepit
0: house, the, the the Clopex, and they don't maintain it. And it's right next door to, uh, to Ray's house. And basically, yeah, every night or something, some big machinery, something fires up downstairs, and so it's always a mystery from the very start. Like Tom mm. Hanks crosses the their boundary, and like a big wind sweeps up, and it's all spooky, and you don't know what's going on, and so yeah, and then you ultimately find out that, yeah, that. There's a furnace in their basement, but we'll talk about that a little bit Oh, that, well, that's it. Yeah,
1: it's all about the mystery. You know, what yeah. it, this is... Are they bad? Are they evil? <laughs> or are they just normal but weird
0: people? And that's what it's all about. Okay. We do have some extra characters as well. We're going to go through them quickly. We've got a couple of garbage men. We've got Dick Miller and Robert Picardo play Vic
1: and Joe, respectively. So these are... They're great. These are Joe Dante... Let's call them veterans. One They're of those guys that appear and stuff. You know? Dick Miller, I think, was the truck driver from... Like Small Soldiers. Small soldiers. Yeah. Um, he's, in, he's in Gremlins. I don't know
0: what he's, yeah. um, oh, by the way... Uh, I think
1: Robert Picardo was in Gremlins as well. I could be mistaken. I can't, can't remember. Do you know
0: Henry Gibson, who was um, Werner Klopek? He was in Blues Brothers as well. Oh. He plays a neo-Nazi. So he's another bad guy. But anyway, So, um, so um, yeah, Garbageman. And they're basically debating... Things as they're stowing away, and then the, the whole troop come out and pull all the garbage because they think there's a dead body in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that bit where it's like, and they just leave the garbage on the ground. Because this movie was shot in sequence. Yeah, Um that the just, garbage just... is actually seen throughout the movie as you know, other cars come into the street and all that. Yeah. You see the garbage in in each shot. Yeah. Continuity like works really well. Because it's it in Yeah, it works because yeah. it's all as it was. It is funny right? though
0: because they turn around and they go. Who's going to clean up all this mess? And the garbage guys go, well, we only need empty trash cans. That's all they do. That's it. That's what we're doing. we leave them. And everyone else is like, oh, we're just going to leave it here.
1: (laughs) And Tina's like, what are you doing? Oh, well, you told me to help. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. There's our our
0: character list.
1: What was was interesting is that this movie was... It was written uh, during a writer's strike in 1988. Mm. So there was actually... Like the screenwriter, that's name I did not write down, which I probably should have. So naughty. <laughs> we uh, apologise. They were they were on set, but they, they weren't, weren't allowed really to contribute to script adjustments. It's Dana Olson, by the way. That's I've the one. Yet. Well done. Thank you very much. For making us look professional, <laughs> Dana. Ah, uh, so you lazy bugger. I'm yeah, struck. That's it. Sorry, uh, Dana. But, but all fair. Um, <laughs> so a lot of what they basically had was. A basic script outline yeah. had the premise of the movie with scenes with not much dialogue filled in, mm. no rewrites happening. So it relied heavily on Impro- Improv. Improvisation, yeah. yeah. All yeah. Of that. So there's heaps of improvised scenes, a lot of the actors doing their bit, you know, some of the most some of the best like improvised scenes Rumfield rips the wallpaper. Hilarious. That whole 10 second ordeal was Completely improvised. Yeah, so he just started amazing. doing it and they just filmed
0: there's, it. There's another one that's improvised. On, uh, we'll the the in
1: whole Satan is good dialogue <laughs> yeah. thing. Satan is our power. I want to kill
0: my neighbor. Satan is good. That's, it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> it's completely uh, improvised. When Hanks and Fisher are watching uh, Jeopardy yeah. at home, they start playing along with it. Completely improvised. Yeah. like. And I feel like yeah. they're all just—they're very key moments in the movie where it's just like, oh, like that adds to the charm, the humor. There's
0: a is a really good one. Um, it's that improvised scene with the uh the stretcher, the gurney. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, where of, he picks it up. Yeah, yeah, that is my favorite one out of all of them. When I was reading about it, that's just
1: it. Tom Hanks losing his yeah. shit
0: and as he, just he does. Picks up a stretcher, throws in the back of an ambulance, <laughs> and then just dives on it. <laughs> and he just sits there moping, and then Carrie Fisher just goes. Okay, I'm going to follow you to the hospital. <laughs> and then, yeah, then the it gets hijacked. There might, that, be, but...
1: there might be a, maybe it's a nice technique to film something in sequence like this because, you know, the characters don't have to worry about, oh, where was my character's mindset at this point in the movie? Yeah. Seen, where is this scene fit in? It's sort of like they're going on this journey as much as the actual characters are. This so was, they, yeah. Tom Hanks knows where his character is at that point and hmm. I think he can just channel into like, yep,
0: I think that is a, um, like, they're very lucky that they could do that though, and it's, it is because of where it was filmed. Because it's all in, it's one in a lot. controlled location.
1: Yeah, they don't have to, oh, we need to be on this yeah. set and then we need to travel yeah. to this location. Logistics
0: and- are all taken yeah. care of, basically. And that, you know, it's worth talking about what the actual suburb was. So it was shot, um, we said at the top that it was shot at the Universal Backlot. Um, it's been used for heaps of movies. Yeah. and, TV, and shows. TV shows. Desperate yeah.
1: Housewives, um it was about like two thousand four, wasn't it? Yeah. Heaps of seasons they did. Yeah. That's the that's the main one, so Wisteria Lane there. Which totally uh, makes sense. Dragnet in nineteen eighty seven, which you is another that? Tom Hanks movie. it has got Dan Aykroyd in it too, I think. Yeah. Or oh, Leave It to Beaver, that T V series from nineteen fifty seven. Now they actually had Um, Well, Mayfield Place refers to the town where the Cleavers from Leave It To Be actually live. Yeah. So they live in the town of Mayfield. Interesting. Uh, Ricky Butler's uh, house, that's Corey Fieldman, of course. Um, His house is from the Munsters from 1964. Right. Um, And some of the buildings have changed over time, of course, but Walter's house is the only building on the lot that hasn't changed at all.
0: There
1: you go. Except for the initial opening shot which is all miniature. And the closing shot we had. This movie is all shot in that one location. The movie okay. never leaves the burbs.
0: The burbs. Oh, so good. So, so, so good.
1: So the score, Jerry Goldsmith. Legend. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to waste time talking about his back catalogue. Unless you want it. Nah, let's just go. But the music, the music in this movie, I think it, I mean, we've talked, we, we kind of, I mean, we've touched on the, the, the tone and genre of the the film, mm. you know, like the mashup of the comedy versus you know the horror, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The music is a big player in the blending of the genres I can of say that. the of the. I mean, in a way, it it gives a goofiness to everything that's mm. going on. The the opening shot is you know like there's this it's this scary horror mu- mu- yeah. music, but it's so like over the top. Yeah. It's I guess dramatic yeah, pantomime. Pantomime yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's a it's a full on oh, you know what? This is this is a scary scene or this is yeah. a and normally I would say, you know, that that's that's cheap and easy, it's too obvious, but it's mm. like for the tone of this movie, it really it it works and it gives again that child like nature to everything that's going on, the bonkersness, the yeah. the just the bizarreness of everything. It's it's not really scary. It's like, oh, this is the yeah. spooky house. Yeah. Ooh, but it's like, it's playful music or like, mm. you know, this is the, this is the military guy. So, you yeah. know, like we got Jerry Goldsmith, you know, yeah. tweaking his, his score from, from the movie Patton. Yeah. Um, again. Reworking that. So it's like. Seems to do that a lot. Does he do that a lot? Does he? We did it in Small soldiers too. So. <sighs> ah, anyway, I gone. see. Yeah. But again, it's sort of. You know, it's it's on the nose. It's not. They're not holding but, back anything. It's like okay, here's your militia guy. On the here's some military music. On the on the nose in the right way. Uh, yeah, right way. But I like it. It's it
0: sets the right tone. It's a quirky. You get like when there's something silly happening, you get the silly tones. When there's yeah, like like we said, the in- intro immediately as so you got the you got that pan coming down, but you've got the music going like you know, it's a real spooky kind of thriller yeah. kind of feeling going, and then that's when I turn around to to Laura, and I said, oh, it's a horror. Like, what is a horror? (laughs) What the hell have they got me to watch there? I don't know what I'm watching. Um, But yeah, then immediately it kind of flips to quirky. Like, this goes backwards and forwards. Great. It's great for the atmosphere. I like it. It works. It's not memorable. There's no theme. It's just, it's all atmospheric,
1: really. Um, Yeah, it'd be difficult, because if I I was to hear the music, or, you know, samples of the music, I would identify more with the genre that it's trying to portray, as opposed to being... I guess, signature or iconic to this movie in particular. Yeah. Perhaps. If I was clued on a maybe the opening bit of music. Yeah. I might just... But anything else... It, like I said, it's more to the genre, to the... Yeah. Yeah. It would be hard to pick. Mm. But let's talk about the mystery, because this whole movie is... It is essentially, you know, with all the antics and stuff that are going on, and, yeah. you know, um it's parody and satire on, I guess you know, at the time, modern America, uh, suburbia and Mm. all those sorts of things, you know, conforming and Mm. even though everyone's sort of a little bit different in their own way, but still of one, one batch. Yeah. There's a mystery. It's not really a murder mystery until we actually know that there is a murder, which we do find out that there's not. Although it's the suspicion that there is. Yeah. We're led to believe there is a murder and therefore we get a murder mystery. they find a femur. They do and how have we gotten this far without mentioning the discovery of the femur? Did you
0: did you look at that bone? You can very very clearly see it's mould. It's made out of like paper mache and yeah. clay or something, of course. But it's got this random growth on the
1: side of it. It does it. Yeah, if you look, yeah. if
0: you go back and you have a look at it. So you have got the two ends of them femur. So just a slight bit. But of it's got like this growth or weird thing, as if the mould that had like.
1: It wasn't sealed right, and so there's a blob of whatever it was. Or is it just an extra bit of detail to make it look like a real bone? No, no, it or... does not look like. Anyway, that that panning rapid fire in and out, screaming. Ah! Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> that is. My wife asked me, "What episode are you and Rob covering? Like, what movie are you covering next?" <laughs> And this, she asked me over, like, um, Facebook Messenger, and I just sent her a GIF of Tom Hanks and Rick Dookerman. Yeah. That's them screaming and the, the <laughs> scream zooming in and out. And she was like, oh, the burps, cool. <laughs> oh, so she'd seen it before. Yeah. she. Well, we watched it the first time together. and Yeah, okay. Oh. So she knew what it was straight away. I was like, maybe she won't get it. She's like, that's so iconic.
0: We're talking about how it's a, it's a mystery. We don't know what's going on. They find a bone in the backyard. That makes it a bit more serious. Is there a... And then they end up by infiltrating the bloody house, which is breaking and entering. They really do a lot of breaking yeah. and entering,
1: um, and then they can't find any evidence. The move I mean, the movie takes us to its final minutes with us legitimately under the impression that these guys are crazy. These characters are the bad guys, you yeah. know, like the, I mean, Tom Hanks and Duke yeah. and, and and all that. The quirky characters are the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. that like. Whereas the, the weird characters supposed to are just for, normal. They're wrong. They've got it all wrong and they've made them out to be the bad I mean, they end up blowing their house up um, and, yeah. and with no evidence and then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, like, what have they done? They're just as bad. And then it's like, oh, the movie's about don't be nosy because it's like you're wrong and you get the wrong impression just because someone's yeah. different. And Tom Hanks is going
0: to a mental asylum That's because he's throwing it so, in the but, back of an ambulance. Yeah. But I guess the whole twist is it's like,
1: oh, they are right all along. There's yeah. the trunk. Full of bones. Yeah. Uh,
0: but it's not just that. It's the, the twist happens in the... So Tom Hanks is in the back of the ambulance. And he's yes, apologizing. The that, right, doctor yep. appears. or climbs into the back of the ambulance and says... And Tom Hanks goes, I'm so sorry. We blew up your house. Like, we are so... Look, when I get out of jail, mm. I'm going to I'm take come me, and make it up to you.
1: You'll take me for a fool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like yeah. that.
0: And then, yeah, then, then Dr. Werner... Uh, Klopek. He tries to inject him, doesn't he? He it? tries to, because he basically says, look, I think the other the others are idiots, but I know you're clever, and I know when you found my furnace, you would have seen the heads. And then you, Tom Hanks, like, goes, he realises, and then the syringe comes out, and he goes, I want my heads back. So basically, because there was heads in the furnace. Yeah. Now, what ends up happening, and the twist is the Clopex moved in, while there was another family that's still living in there. They just took over, killed them. Killed them, buried them in the backyard, and then took um, dug up the bones and burnt them in the furnace. <laughs> and then what bones they didn't burn in the furnace, they put in the boot of their car. Because they're idiots.
1: <laughs> um, Oy, or were they? I mean, for the longest time, it was like... They knew, you know, oh, if we leave evidence at the house, people will find. People will go digging. Can I just say,
0: I truly believe when uh, Harms is trying to shove that thing in the thing, I think they're one hundred percent right. They saw the snooping, and he came and grabbed it afterwards. Yeah, and I think because if you look, the boot, the bones are in the boot, and that's where he gets the rubbish from. They so that bag had bone bones in it, mm-hmm. and he was trying to trying to get rid of the evidence. And after that, he was like, i think okay, we'll leave him in the boot. It all fits. I, it all fits. I mean,
1: are there any plot holes that you can identify? Is there, I'd...
0: uh, other than it's supremely unrealistic, but that's fine.
1: It's funny. It's oh, like... yeah,
0: there is one, actually. There is the big, the death wind. So Tom Hanks goes out the front to go, I guess, knock on their door and go, why is there so much noise? <laughs> yeah. And like this big cursed wind comes out of nowhere. It's like <laughs> yeah. supernatural. But that, anyway, it's explained. Well, it's funny.
1: It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's an unrealistic premise, and of course, you know, I've said bonkers, like, it's probably the fourth time I've said it in this episode. It is. Everything is nuts. Yeah. But really, it's It's quite, it's quite grounded. I mean, the the movie is about paranoid neighbours who are suspicious of another neighbour. There's nothing... Who are too nosy. There's nothing really supernatural or over the top. Like They're just people who murdered people. Yeah. And that's it. And they would
0: keep it to themselves. Yeah. And just because you... <laughs> and they, they, they even waited until night time to fire up their furnace to burn the bodies because they didn't want to interrupt people during the day. That doesn't seem... No, that, that doesn't, doesn't make right. sense. That seems like a silly thing to do. Yeah, that's actually that's actually <laughs> highlighting, you idiots. Um, <laughs> what I will say is there is a little bit of a plot hole when it comes to the toupee because, so, yep, the... Uh, the the Clopex were collecting the the mail, but at what point did you is there like why would that and such a nosy neighbour would not notice? Um, what's his name? The guy, the older bloke who died, uh, not died, Walter. He would have like they would have seen an interaction saying, "Can you pick up the mail?" or something like that. They would have seen with that level of attention.
1: Not necessarily, because I mean. After they witness the whole garbage bag, yeah. you know, assault, um, you know, they're like, oh, we've got to come back in the morning. We can't. And yeah. they sleep in, yeah. you know, like, and then the garbage being picked. There's a whole period of time just in that one instance where yeah. they don't witness anything. Good, good point. They sleep in when they're meant to be so vigilant. Idiots. That's it. I mean, they're not, they're actually, they're not on 24-7 patrol. Right. They're not got, they haven't got complete <laughs> They're just super they're vigilant so when many, they're all
0: paying attention.
1: Yeah, when they want to be. Yeah. Much like kids, are like, oh, we've got this mystery there, we've got a soul, and we're going to jump into it. But it's like, then, oh, but I'm now going to go home for dinner. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah I hear it. I'm hearing yeah, it. Yeah, so, so not yeah. plot hole, not plot hole. Got you. Not so much. It's like, it's all good. You can delete all that if you like. No, nah, it's Keep it then, keep that. It's valid because it's a discussion, and I'm glad we brought up the wig. Glad we brought up the wig. All right, excellent. Well,
0: so that's the twist. Turns that's out the, the Clopex were bad people all along.
1: That's it. And I think on that, I think we have covered the burbs. Besides okay. our rating, so quiz time. Let's do our quiz. Yep. And uh, my turn to quiz you. Yep. No Put worries. The pressure on, especially this being your first viewing. So what we do? I reckon I'm, it, I'm gonna w- fail terribly. <laughs> you That's know right. what it's all about. Ten questions, sixty seconds. How have we got the clock ready? Clock, clock's ready to go. Ready man. to go. What is the name of the street?
0: Uh, it starts with W.
1: Incorrect. What is the name of Walter's dog? Ah, uh, Toto. No. Incorrect. Which television game show do Ray and Carol play together? Jeopardy. Correct. What time of what kind of bone does Ray's Dinner. dog? do de- Correct. What suburb do they live in? Uh, not it. Incorrect. What do the Clopex serve their visiting neighbors? Sardines <laughs> and pretzels. Correct. What name? One of the horror movies Ray is watching. Oh shoot! Oh no! Oh no! No no no! Like Frankenstein. Incorrect. What does Art try to shoot with a rifle? A crow. Correct. What do Art and Ray say the plan to do? They plan to do when Carol is away? Golf. Correct. What did Ricky say chased after him? Can't remember. Incorrect. <laughs> um, waiting for the buzzer, or we could just call it quits then. Call it quits. Fantastic. There's the buzzer
0: there now. It's all
1: right. You've got five out of ten correct. It's actually not a bad. Yeah, look, I remember. Look, the horror movies... They, okay, go through them. Go through them. Go through them. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, you... Because uh, he dreams about it. Yeah, The Exorcist. And uh, he's, there's another one which I didn't write down because I figured you wouldn't get select that, that one. For, I figured you would have said one of the two that I just...
0: I mentioned. thought it was a monster, Frankenstein monster thing. No. Okay.
1: If there is, I'll put in a six point. Damn right you will. And uh, what else you got? I'll, I'll print a retraction. Uh, the <laughs> the street that everyone is Mayfield Place. I said about six oh, times throughout this episode. I've written uh, it down. <laughs> like yeah, we even have a diagram of the street in the notes, man. That's why you're probably looking at my notes as i was saying it. <laughs> Mayfield Place. Walter's dog's name. I'm is... i was thinking of wisteria by the way. That's why I said w. Yeah. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Walter's dog's name is Queenie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the suburb they live in is Hinkley Hills. All oh, right, That's a bit hard. Um, And Ricky... No? Oh, Ricky... Ricky says that he's chased after by foaming squirrels. Foaming squirrels. As you do. Yeah, right. All right, not bad, man. Five, maybe six going to investigation after this. But uh, until then, five. So not bad. Yeah, nice one. Cool. Let's rate this movie called The Burbs. Joe Dante's The Burbs. I'm going to go first. I like it. It's pretty good. You like it? It was good.
0: I'd watch it again. Yeah. I, mean, I already said that. But I I certainly will watch it again at some point in the future. I have to admit, like it's one of those... I mean, we it's it's the nature of what we do. You Sometimes you've got to look through it, not through a modern lens. You've got to look through it back then. Yeah, and put yeah. yourself in. And... Um, it is a little bit... Maybe possibly a little bit campy, too campy for my <laughs> <Yeah>. style. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily a kind of a genre or a feel that I'd go for. Um, but I love Tom Hanks. I love Carrie Fisher. I love Corey Feldman. Art really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I just like the, the characters. Just generally speaking, you can tell that they're over the top and they were mingling with each other. It was, mm. I thought it was great. I liked the twist because I would pretty much come to my conclusion just before it. That's gone. it. So they, it was very well crafted. One
1: final stinger.
0: Um, it was really interesting to learn about the production as well because like how it's all in sequence because the continuity is really good like with the rubbish and stuff like that. I can't like I always it's got to be about a three and a half to a four and I'm going to settle on a four. It was a very enjoyable flick and highly recommend. Go watch it.
1: Can I ask what your it's a surprise. what your wife thought of it. She liked it too okay yeah because was she wasn't thinking,
0: laughing out loud as much as I was because <laughs> there were definitely a couple of things like the Satan did, thing was definitely because I do
1: know Laura likes the um, you know like the 80 yeah. I like, like the Tim Burton type I figured one of the easiest movies to relate to is, even though it's completely different like, but like Beetlejuice you know Beetlejuice
0: and Edward Scissorhands little bit that kind bonkers of
1: stuff. Yeah. 80s time frame yeah horror comedy you know it's all sort of there anyway <laughs> on to me yeah as we like it um I uh, yeah, I gave some thought to this thinking. What would I? What would I give this? Honestly, and I'm coming in at a four as well, a four nice. out of five. What okay. um, I really like this movie. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's. Okay, I guess we always start and say, you yeah, know, it's not perfect." Yeah, the bits and pieces. Yeah, it's corny. It's cheesy. It's it's, corny. it's over the top, but you know what? There's such a, a charm to the characters and yeah. to the the feel, of the movie, and to everything that's going on to the. The the set design, like the street, you know, it's, I said, it's, it's about that middle class, modern America, suburbia, it's all, it's all there, channeling like those rear window Hitchcock vibes, you know, put Tom Hanks in a wheelchair and put a cast around his Mm. leg and it's (laughs) almost the same movie, you know, it's all there, it's all about suspicion and guilt and, you know, like... Who's you know? What's worse than dodgy neighbours? It's like you know yeah. the, the nosy neighbours judging the dodgy neighbours. But yeah, yeah, there's the there's the whole twist. It's all fun. There's nothing nasty, mean about this movie. Yeah. It's all good fun, and yeah, yeah, another Tom Hanks movie to put up there on the shelf and what say, a
0: legend. "Tom Hanks did it again." What a legend. So, he's he's fantastic. This is a great movie. Recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it, and you probably all have because you got to the end of this episode. All (laughs) right. So, that was our rewind to uh, 1989, The Burbs.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmsviewpodcast at gmail.com.
0: That's right. Uh, Or... Uh, You can reach out for us on either That Film Stew or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like
1: and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. You can find our entire catalogue of
0: episodes on That Film Stew website. Uh, Check it out, thatfilmstewpodcast.com.
1: Coming soon from That Film Stew, a review of Knives Out cool Uh, we were toying with the idea of Frozen 2 but I think we're going to pass on it even though we're both watching it I'm sure it's great sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at Masters of the Universe so whoa Um, and our next episode here on Rewind and Review Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace possibly the best one what? what? You might, be, you
0: might be wrong. <laughs> Looking forward to that. i playing. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Rewind and Review. We'll see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.
1: Well, stop watering your grab. Stop watering your grab for a minute. Mm. Lawn?
0: Grass. Yeah. (laughs) Grass.